0: Um, Just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now on with monkey tennis.
1: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs.
2: LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role
1: Right at home.
2: Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Support for this podcast comes from Foster's Menswear. For the East Anglian gentleman's smart casual needs. Impress the lords, ladies, and gentlemen
1: at your next after-dinner speaking engagement simply by quoting some hilarious graffiti in a pair of our formal slacks. See our stars on screen soon as they feature in the forthcoming second series from Norwich's own Alan Partridge.
0: Hello friends of Monkey Tennis and welcome to episode 5. Before we get going, we just wanted to say another massive thank you. This week we hit 50,000 subscribers. 50,000 people that want to hear us four idiots dissect Partridge week by week. It blows our minds. Uh, Thank you so much if you're one of those subscribers. If not, you can head to iTunes and join the growing crowd. Uh, So thank you again and on with the episode.
2: Monkey Tennis Tennis? Look, looks like a lady, but uh, really it's a man. Monkey Tennis? On my face, I'm doing the photo shoot express! Monkey Tennis? Monkey Tennis? I got uh, really drunk last night. Sick everywhere. Roll on the thighs of the Virgin. Monkey Tennis? Hello and welcome
0: to Monkey Tennis. You're invited to spend an hour with the Alan Partridge podcast, but we must inform you that Sue Cook has pulled out. Uh, today we're going to be talking about To Kill a Mocking Alan. That's episode five of series one of I'm Alan Partridge. I'm Adam Brooks and I'm joined by Tom Dark. Hello. Nick Older. Hello. And Tom Stab. What a way to have a good time. I don't know why I don't let you say your own names, really. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds better coming from you. It adds a bit of gravitas. Such yeah. a consummate professional. Yep. A couple of things about this episode. It's the only episode of Iron Man and Partridge to be rated PG. All the others were rated 12. Good information. So Interesting. Expect interesting. a lower level of swears. Uh, and obviously, as we all know, uh, this episode is dominated by the titan that is Mentalist Jed Maxwell. Lee Ooh, yeah, we open uh, as we always do in Radio <laughs> Norwich. Always, <laughs> always the same. Always the same. <laughs> Dave and Alan actually quite pally with each other in this intro, yeah, and yeah. I wondered if it's because they've been told off after uh, all the swearing that went on at the end of the last episode. Good it's, theory. Yeah, there's got to have been some kind of a fallout, some kind of a speaking to. Yep they're uh, they're, they're back making radio gold rather than playing against each other. Um, and, and obviously the amazing quiz, the
1: Clifton suspension. That genuinely works, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it's great. It's the genius well, it's the Clifton Suspension Bridge, yeah. which is in Bristol.
0: Bristol. <laughs> genuinely works if you're in Bristol, but they're in Norwich, <laughs> so it's tenuous, isn't it? He's come up with a pun, and that's that's all he's got. Yep, yep. That's that's. He, he's start with a pun and work backwards. Yeah, <laughs> um, not a huge amount going on in the in the in the radio Norwich segment of this. I don't think, unless anyone's got anything to add. No, it's not not a great deal happens. Although I thought it was quite interesting that the prize money was eleven grand. That's that's test. more
1: than Lynn gets paid. Yeah, that's pretty high, isn't yeah. it?
0: <laughs> Poor Lynn. She'd be better off just winning Dave's quiz than yeah. working for Alan. <laughs> uh, so, back in the travel tavern, he's singing along, this time it's War of the Worlds, uh, which Michael correctly identifies, although you wouldn't know it from his accent. <laughs> <laughs> wild, wild woods. Wild woods. Wild woods. Um, <laughs> as with a lot of Alan singing uh, throughout this series, uh, somebody attempts to s- thinks he's finished and attempts to speak, but he's not done. Uh, yeah. He adds a little bot stool (laughs) there, calm, at the very end, which is nice. Do we all like War of the Worlds? I would just start off by saying, he's brilliant. So that's Deacon Blue (laughs) and War of the Worlds. You are
3: representing every dad out there, aren't you, basically? Yeah. This is
0: what my dad was listening to.
3: So you're your dad, basically. Well yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. so
1: when you say it's brilliant what are you referring to is it the book is it the oh, the, musical. the musical the musical which I have seen live as well I haven't? have also seen it I think I saw it with you, Did and, you? and some other people it was, forgettable. was I not invited I to this as well no that's another event uh, you were not invited to
0: <laughs> I chose not to go <laughs> the right choice um, so Alan already is a bit touchy about Sue Cook's involvement in his, uh, his planned afternoon with Alan Partridge events at the Travel Tavern
1: and this is the first mention of Sue Cook by name in the series. Oh, ah, I, I, I thought
0: she'd i thought she been mentioned before, but not I thought she had as well. One. I'm not sure. I can't think of one, to be fair. I mean,
1: mm. I can't even bother to go back and check, so... Why would we? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, just interesting when you have the writers talking about the Cook past Babtridge thing being a Sue Cook reference. But oh, yeah, I'm not sure know. if she's referenced in name in the in We the talk about internet. Sue Cook, but yeah. We do talk about Sue Cook, yes.
0: Constantly. Who knows? Um, so, nice, so, yeah, he gets Michael to remove the word celebrity guest star before Sue Cook, because I think he. Thinks of them being more on an equal pegging. And then, uh, and it's Enter Jed, not Producer Jed, uh, who is a fine, upstanding member of the community, but Jed Maxwell, the Mm. mentalist.
3: He's so excited to see Alan. (laughs) 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 So this is the first genuine person who has A, seen his show, and is B, a fan of his show.
1: Yes, because I I think that's consistent throughout the series, that whenever he asks somebody, have you seen the show, he just gets shrugs or no's.
2: Do we
3: ever know, like, roughly how many viewers... No, me, knowing you actually had. Because obviously
1: they say this figure started poorly and went <laughs> down from there. Ooh, <laughs> I don't think They ever, don't never, never say, do they? Uh, I'd, I wouldn't be surprised if that's maybe in the book. Yeah, maybe. Mm. But it'd be interesting to maybe see fictionally what the viewing figures were and what the genuine viewing figures were, which we could find out via the medium of Wikipedia.
0: I would imagine in 97, uh, poor viewing figures for BBC, would, for a primetime BBC show, would be anything below sort of 8 or 9 million. But I doubt that Alan even got that. I, so I, he would be I in th- the think millions. I reckon? think that's
1: high. Okay. Yeah, eight million, seem, eight yeah, million seems. pretty that seems pretty.
3: Thomas, okay. <laughs> someone who works in telly, maybe you could give us some insight into. Uh, well, like uh, I said, I think that's high. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's my insight. Insight, is, beginning and end. Um, that's all I've got. Uh,
0: it's also around this point that we uh, it's revealed that Susan's engaged, uh, which we talked a bit about last week. Uh, so her interest in Alan was obviously fake and for her own amusement. Slash protection, oh, um, but it doesn't stop him sniffing her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he probably goes in, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah, she's got a new perfume that her fiance got her, and then, uh, and then he, he goes for goes for the neck rather than the wrist, obviously. And um, where he goes over, the kind of leaps yeah, over the desk is yeah, hilarious. It's, great, um, well. it's, a, it's around this time that he tries to get to the bottom of uh, of who the crank caller was. Uh, the real answer is revealed later in the episode, but. He's looking through the list of uh, comedy names that he's had calls from, including <laughs> P Head, G String, uh, Y Fronts, T osser uh, and B Oddy, which is turns out to not be a crank call but be Bill Oddy. Uh, that's this episode's. Because what's rude about a body? Five Tits. out of five. <laughs> yeah. Um, side note: Has anyone ever met Bill Oddy? I have. Ooh, good question. Uh, I don't, <laughs> not that you know. I'm aware of. No. I say I say met him. Uh, he was he was. Sat behind me at uh, Sufjan Stevens' gig at Royal Festival Hall. That is a genuine thing that happened, and like,
1: you one hundred percent sure it was
0: him? I am a hundred percent sure it was him. He also left before the end, just
3: shouting, <laughs> "I'm Bill Oddie, get out of my way,
0: Oddie <laughs> yeah. facts. I love Bill Oddie. I love Sufjan Stevens. I couldn't believe the two were in the same room. That doesn't seem like a thing that should have happened, but it did. But we also find out that Sophie and Ben are at it. Uh, there's lots of uh, innuendo, a bit crude on Ben's part, I thought. So d- does this mean that Ben? Did send the Valentine's card to Sophie from a couple of episodes ago. I mean, you've got to presume. I you would did. think so. Yeah. Um, and so that prompts Alan to tell them about his memorable late night session of a different kind when he went to C.E.L.O. in 1976. <laughs> I did do a bit of. Uh, I put a bit of effort into tracking down the real Jed Maxwell. Let me tell you a little bit about how that went. So he's played by the actor badly. Ian Sh- <laughs> Ian Shorrick. It went badly. Um, Spoiler! Yeah. <laughs> a rudimentary amount of uh, of googling revealed that he uh, he very recently was in the newspaper for working at a care home in Harrogate. So I obviously contacted them via, <laughs> obviously via the, the form on their website. When I tried to, it, was then, it a real website? Or it have yeah. Yeah, okay. It wasn't Longstanton Spice Museum. <laughs> it's it's a genuine care Sorry. home. Um, they've got one of those little forms on their website, so you can't email them directly. Uh, and a funny thing happened when I told them we were we were working on an Alan Partridge podcast. It refused to even send the query. Uh, it said, "Sorry, you need to send a valid query." Really? Um, but then when I removed the word Partridge, um, it sent. So I think wow. I think they've had a some lot of, kind of queries Partridge block. Yeah. I think yeah. I think they've had a lot of how queries. How did you track him down? I I just Googled his name and he he there was an article about how he started working at this at this care home uh, mm. and he used to be in but Partridge and other things. He but, is
1: still a working actor as well though. I just guess it's there's on not and consistent off, work.
0: I mean yeah. IMDb only has him in two things after he was in Partridge, but he has done some plays since. But then so basically I got to this point and Panto. then uh, And then eventually they emailed me to say that apparently he no longer works there. And Um, please leave us alone. (laughs) And then at that point I realised that it wasn't that important whether I found Jed Maxwell because I had become him. (laughs) (laughs) The hunter
1: becomes the hunted. I can give you a bit more insight into Jed Maxwell or Ian Sharrick's IMDb. Um, so he has 18 different acting roles listed on IMDb, and he's done one version of the, the British TV Holy Trinities. He's been in Heartbeat, The Bill, and
0: Casualty. Right. So. Also did a bit of Emmerdale, didn't he? Well,
1: here we go. uh, 148 episodes of Emmerdale. Wow. So I can only assume he was quite a key character for a while. I've
3: got a picture of him from Emmerdale on my screen now in a very fetching, fetching jumper that Alan would definitely approve of. Oh, he's a handsome chap. We should put that on the We'll put that on the socials.
0: Is it one of those expensive farmer's jumpers? Yes,
1: 200 quid that costs.
0: At this point, Lynn arrives with the uh, tie and blazer badge combination sets in a box. Uh, and I have an
1: interesting note about this. When Lynn arrives, uh, behind the reception desk, they say, oh, Alan, your PA's arrived. They don't refer to her as Lynn, which I thought was quite strange because they know her name
0: They've yeah. hung out they played quite a Jim bit. Rummy for yeah. about twenty seconds.
1: Maybe they've been reprimanded.
0: Yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe everyone's re-establishing fantasy. their roles like, and yeah. yeah. trying to totally appear off. more professional. Maybe
1: maybe Alan's told them to only refer to her as his PA. So he's my assistant? assistant.
0: For a second, it looks like he's helping her with this box, but no, he's just making sure it's the right stuff. <laughs> then he hands it back to her. Then Ben offers to help her, and then Alan not wanting to be... ...out-chivalryed? Is that a word? It is yeah, now. Offers to take it off her for a few seconds before realizing it's cutting <laughs> into his, <laughs> his fingers. By the time they hit the lift, <laughs> Jill, uh, Jill, Lynn's carrying the box again. <laughs> Order's restored. (laughs) Lynn knows her place. Around this point, I think this is where Sue Cook pulls out, isn't it? It is. Yeah.
1: It's a dramatic moment.
0: It's implied that she's been very rude to him. Um, I mentioned uh, way back at the start of this series that uh, there was a little fact about Sue Cook and her reaction to being mentioned in this. And that is that she uh, once wrote to Steve Coogan to apologise for uh, pulling out of so many events. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So she gets the joke. She's in We haven't mentioned the fact that uh, Alan insists that Lynn smells his breath. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, that's pretty true. bad. She's oh still yeah. working its way she's, through his she's, system. She's waylaid with the uh, boxes, and then it's like, "Can you smell my breath?" <laughs> I mean, that's pretty bad. <laughs> but Especially I'm not, when I'm not it surprised. I'm
1: not surprised that he <laughs> he definitely uses and abuses Lynn's PA man. role. Uh, also, going back slightly, the line about Billody: What's rude about a body? Tits. Um, Sally Phillips, <laughs> which is still getting giggles here. Uh, Sally Phillips improvised that tits line as well. So, oh, some great yeah. lines being improvised there. Yeah, well, lovely done. Work. well done, everyone.
0: Um, so, at this point, the important people Alan referred to earlier arrive. Um, it's a cameo from Graham Linehan and Arthur Matthews, who are obviously the writers of Father Ted, amongst many other things, uh, playing two uh, executives, I guess, from RTE. Yep. Yep. I TV would say executives. this opens the scene that features Alan at his most racist. <laughs> <laughs> Pink, allen yes. Alan, racism. absolutely unforgivable. Is there an inference that Alan is diversifying his portfolio? I think Very he's good. looking for yeah. new opportunities yeah.
3: to expand brand partridge. He's broadening yeah, his horizons. He's
0: certainly reaching outside of his comfort zone, as you can tell from his dreadful... <laughs> talking. Dramatic pause. <laughs> Dreadful misunderstanding of Irish culture in general. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it basically goes through a long list of... Uh, I've got well, that list. Yeah, I also oh, have that uh, list. Please, fair please, enough, fair enough. Yeah, uh, over over it, to you then. Terrible. Leprechauns, shamrocks, Guinness, Beamish, men in platform shoes being arrested for bombings, people with eyebrows on their cheeks, toothless simpletons, badly tarmac drives, brackets, in this country, <laughs> lots of rocks, horses running through council estates. Yeah. Uh, quick, quick story for you. My parents actually had their drive Tarmacked by some oh Irish God. people, uh, and they did a great. job. And they did a really good job. <laughs> and everyone Yay! was happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a family story to this day that some <laughs> Irish people at the drive very well. So uh, don't leave it so, so
1: Alan, Alan got it wrong. That's what we're saying. Yeah, he gets well, everything wrong in his. Yeah, yeah, in the previous episode, we were saying
3: we we're a bit
0: sympathetic with Alan, and he's pretty much in the right the
3: whole time in this episode, he has reverted to Dossa and
0: Dwad. I'm into minor yeah. sympathy at this point, yeah. yeah. Um, he even imagines both of them as terrorists in his uh, in his lap dance dream <laughs> sequence, yeah, which yeah. is probably the worst part.
1: <laughs> yeah, and did did you notice, this is the first lap dancing scene where we see him dancing for someone that isn't Tony Hay. So again, he's, it's all symbolising he's basically... Yeah prostituting himself for the sake of TV. Yep.
0: And he also, uh, obviously, massively misunderstands the meaning of u two Sunday Bloody Sunday. Um, yep. Also, a little fact there, Arthur Matthews, who is playing one of the executives uh, when he was much younger, was in a U2 tribute band. Wow. So, good, good fact.
3: How do you feel about that, listeners? Pow.
0: Does any? Anyone... <laughs> so I've kind of always jumped in and stuck up for some of the music that Alan likes. Does anyone like U2? I've got to draw a line there. No. I me.
3: would watch a Forty-minute festival set, and that is it. At Not even for, he wouldn't even stretch <laughs> to forty-five minutes. So if they played, if they played the big hits, uh, of which I think several are very good songs,
1: but. I just, I just don't really care. No. And so, again, there's there's more good U two stuff to come in uh, series two oh, with this yes. as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Bonos house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Please, he's sorry, fine. He's I'll, fine. Bono is fine. Although Alan
0: is now on 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 full racism mode, he does make some attempts to concede. For example, ordering a British Isles breakfast rather than an English yeah, breakfast. Yeah, good point. Um, the the fun bit about this is that Lynn, when well, they start talking to Lynn about uh, places that she used to visit in Ireland as a child, she gets about 10 seconds of enthusiasm in before Alan swoops with his ruby grapefruit juice. And ruby not... grapefruit juice. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then obviously later on uh, becomes so desperate to derail uh, the interest there that he uh, he does gas breath <laughs> over everybody. <laughs> <laughs> My question to you is, do you think at that point, that exact point in time, there is a more realistic chance of Lynn getting a series than Alan? It would yes, appear that way. Yeah, I feel like she way. she could have ended up as a consultant there if she'd yep. uh, if she yeah, played a yeah, cards and
3: right. Alan ruins that chance. Yeah, he had to step in. I'm yeah. kind of surprised that
0: they even stuck around for the rest of the day to be honest. They've yeah. basically just been breathing. Yeah, I mean, they've made lunatic. the trip. They've probably
3: got a flight to catch but not until later so they're probably thinking, well, we might as well just stick around for this and yeah. watch this car crash
0: the up <laughs> They've already paid that 49 pound airfare that puts Alan off from yeah. visiting <laughs> Ireland. <a> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jed also pops over, doesn't he, and uh, asks for an autograph. Yeah, As but it's Alan- completely, Alan- missed. <laughs> <laughs> completely yeah, missed. Completely missed because they're too busy talking to Lin. To Jed <laughs> from Alan Partridge. Uh,
1: what do we make of his interactions with Susan during this? The tea or coffee, and your blonde bastard from the future. <laughs> that he's that <laughs> he's
0: a terrible shit and always will be. Yeah, that's about it. There you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that I've dealt with.
1: <laughs> uh, but also, it's quite funny. Like Susan just. She, she ignores him. She's yeah. like, you're an idiot. I'm not listening to you. Say what you like. I don't care.
0: Because again, in, in the last episode, she she the uh, Alan, why don't you go and talk to somebody else? She's getting a bit brisk <laughs> with him. Yeah. But in this episode, again, everyone's back to their roles in that yeah. she, she clearly hears him calling her a blonde bastard. <laughs> does nothing. But does nothing. Yeah. So uh, we move on to uh, Alan's actual event, uh, The Afternoon with Alan Partridge, a TV show that's not on TV. Um, How has he recruited these people? How have they heard about it? I would imagine he's done uh, plugs on his show and then been told off about it. And maybe <laughs> just... Some, <laughs> a Rawlings. And maybe
1: just, maybe just some confused OAP shuffling around hotel reception yeah, who's yeah, just flushed A yeah, yeah, yeah. couple Fair of enough. notes about uh, this.
0: Uh, I tried to count the number of people in the audience. There are between 15 and 20 people present. <laughs> Everyone uh, and is over fifty. Two of them do leave after they find out that Sue Cook's pulled out. <laughs> yeah. I love that bit. Yeah. Well, that's how it's
1: accrued people, isn't it? People wanted to see Sue Cook. That's, yeah. that's the big draw. Yep. Uh, uh, have you noted that it's exactly the same sofa and chair from Naomi knowing you? Uh, so ah, good perfect.
0: spot. Uh, topics covered on this afternoon are the death penalty, pedestrianisation, IRA and Irish politics, concealed weapons and terrorism. Where he basically uses the moves that uh, that Michael taught him uh, earlier in the day in the lift scene earlier. <laughs> yeah, and move on fire, and move on fire. Where you also get uh, Susan's first proper shriek when she Michael. Which she is, gets uh, very angry. A little teaser for just how angry she's going to get at Alan in uh, the next she episode. She really can
1: go into the red vocally.
3: Yeah, and she switches very quickly. She I wouldn't want to get from, on the wrong side of her. Absolutely not. You get a slap yeah. in the face.
0: The other thing I liked about this was that Alan's opening line to uh, the 15 to 20 people who were assembled is, uh, Good evening. Uh, the event starts at 3pm.
1: Oh, and of course, the build-up to that with the keyboard going wrong. Yep. Oh, yeah. The to speeding the machine, up. gremlins in the system,
0: perhaps Yeah. And him... Uh, uh, the later attempting to use his anti terrorism practices against a woman who looks like she's in her late 60s, early 70s. And
1: as the producers point out, she looked genuinely scared. <laughs> yeah, which Alan seems proud of.
0: <laughs> so, uh, he, he spots, uh, he spots the pro- producers, the executives leaving the meeting and rushes afterwards to catch them. Uh, this is a scene that involves a lot of quick thinking on Jed Maxwell's part, um, where yeah. basically. Alan has to pretend he doesn't live in the Travel Tavern because he's been talking it down uh, all day. Jed obviously offers up his house. Uh, Alan introduces Jed to the executives as his driver. Jed very quickly promotes himself to business partner, <laughs> quite 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 rightly too, I think. Yeah. Why not? Smart when he wants to be. Um, and uh, I think later on, Alan uh, describes himself as a Homer skeptic, which makes me feel even more sorry for Glen Ponder. Uh, <laughs> yes, very true, you.
1: very and, true. Well, you do get these interesting references about is Alan homophobic or how homophobic is he but again it is it more he's just quite ignorant to yeah. things he doesn't really understand because you have the not Adam and Steve um it, so is he homophobic or is he kind of weirdly obsessed so does this maybe tie into the potential ladyboy obsession
3: or right. things
0: like that I just think it goes back to the point that every minority group can be offended and probably will be. And
1: Alan will do
3: that. I think he's obviously a Daily Mail reader, so
1: I think he just probably absorbs that
3: stuff via osmosis from uh, reading the paper. In fact,
1: I think the other week we had a tweet from somebody asking, did we think, um, is Alan basically. Is Alan gay, is, yeah. Is, is Alan gay. It's a theory. I, I don't think he is. I think he's just ignorant and scared and confused. It's a theory, yeah. And it feels
0: we'll like. Stick with that. <laughs> it feels like he's basically. He's absorbed stereotypes for every sort of minority group, and that he that He's got a couple of catchphrases that he uses to describe his attitudes. And then he probably doesn't have any understanding or, or thoughts beyond that, really. Yeah, I doubt he knows any gay people. I can't believe he's got any farmer well, friends. Farm Glen Ponder. Ponder, they're not no, Yeah, right. but that, that's a rather that relationship fraught relationship, see, isn't it? I think, yeah.
1: It's... Although, did he really understand that Glen Ponder was gay anyway? Probably not.
0: I'm not sure. God, I can't. Hey! Wa- I can't anyway. wait to talk about Glen Ponder and uh, <laughs> the Nez and Chalet. <laughs> not shall not, I. not for now. So uh, we're at Jed's house now, uh, which looks relatively normal from the outside. Why is there? What's the bowl of bread for?
3: I know, <laughs> I know, it's builders. for friends, but yeah. why would there be a bowl of bread? Is,
0: well, are, I
1: assume that's for some kind of pet or birds, <laughs> some kind are of are the pet.
0: birds his friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, Alan, speaks to the animals. Jet yeah, backs off. Alan, David Copperfield, and a trophy are all on top of Jez TV. Uh, any uh, guesses what the trophy might be for? I don't know. I just so... want to go back to the bread very quickly oh, because
1: sure. I think in the commentary they said that that was just genuinely there outside the
0: house, <laughs> and they thought they would reference it because it was a bit
1: odd. There so there you go. <laughs> no one, ha- no one knows why. Basically.
0: Uh, lovely picture of a topless lady on <laughs> that is a lovely picture <laughs> Very my, classy. my question was she's got stars over her nipples do you think do you think that's supposed I think that's they had to put that on for it to be broadcast compliance I doubt yeah, it oh. Jed, Jed Maxwell wouldn't have bought that and then put the stars on himself would he Sure, well, really he's, a, he's a crazy man. So a crazy man. But, when you say there are stars on there, <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, they, could, well, could, could they, they not explain have been drawn what you're drawn on? Not understanding. Yeah, they could have been drawn on, but I just think if you're going to the effort of, dra- of painting a topless lady, <laughs> <laughs> like, why would you then conceal the nipples? I hadn't noticed that. <laughs> good point. No, 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 so well. important. Good deadly point. <laughs> uh, I think we two, mentioned two, a pre- we mentioned in a previous episode, but Jed's house uh, in real life sold four years ago for five hundred and seventy-five thousand pounds. Wow. Yeah. That's Where is it? Uh, can't remember great cut that bit <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned for more insight yeah. uh, I like the bit when Alan uh, describes the painting as having a very haunting quality <laughs> <laughs> Adam I think you mentioned
1: the other week that there's a video on YouTube of people that some Partridge fans have visited Jed's house yeah they
0: recreated the pilgrimage outside did yeah. you say that that's on YouTube it is on YouTube okay, yeah we, we're 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 we will it. post that we'll dig that out and post it
1: I think we might have said that a few weeks ago but we'll definitely do it this
0: week yeah so after a bit of tottering Anytime. around the house, uh, we end up in uh, Alan's shrine in the dark, as I like to call it. Um, I also like, uh, Jed's got some strong priorities here. He's, he's got a fake Alan, but only one mug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he's got an aerolator though. An aerolator, a mug, a milk jug and a coffee jar. That's what everyone is forced to drink out of.
1: Uh, now, to- Tom Stab and I were discussing this uh, off mic earlier uh, about do people use aerialators anymore? How, how do you do your washing it's a big more chat. format.
0: I don't No, I think they're gone it's just liquid tabs isn't it Jed, yeah. producer Jed is saying yes it's, it's a, a Jed, Jed thing, thing. <laughs> <laughs> Jed's Jed's unite in their Very use good. of aerolators so are we
1: all liquid tabs are we on board with here oh, yeah. powder what yeah. would we say Li- or liquid
0: tabs for sure but thinking about it, how would an aerolator even work because it doesn't have a lid does it well, that's
1: the point, because then it tips upside down. what's the ball out. for? <laughs> no, it's
0: got... I can't believe we're talking about this. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> this got, is what the people want to it's hear. It's got a lid, the ball is loose, and the ball allows a slow release. So it has of, got a lid. Jed's it, saying yes. <laughs> j- our th- resident Jed I
1: think that, Jed there yes. were are different kinds of aerator to be honest. So we can... We will probably post some links to some
3: area later. Well. <laughs> now that is hot content. Stay tuned for
0: this gold. Another thing on the area later. Not done with it yet. <laughs> <laughs> when Alan uh, Alan goes to drink his his uh, is it coffee or tea? I can't remember. Uh, uh, tea, drink, I think. Goes to drink his hot drink out of the area later. He uh, he says to the executives, "I often think I should swallow this whole." And I thought, "Do you often think that?" <laughs> <laughs> this has never happened before. Surely, I'd say that this episode
3: probably has the, the most in common with sitcoms like The Office in that it's very difficult to watch. It's quite cringy. whereas I don't think yeah. there's as much of that in other episodes in this series. I feel like this is the most cringeworthy, difficult to watch, especially the exchange in the uh,
1: in the hotel with
3: the TV execs.
1: <coughs> well, yeah, because he's just, in classic Alan style, it's spiraling he's, out he's of getting control. It wrong. Yeah. And it's spiraling or, yeah. it out of control. And
0: also the camera work in this one feels a bit more like a deliberate documentary, almost.
1: Particularly when he uh, runs away from Jed's house. Yes. Yeah. And actually you can see, see the, boom the boom camera and... crew in the in the reflection of the car. Yep. Brilliant! Um,
0: <laughs> well <yeah>. done, BBC. <laughs> yeah, that. Um Also, uh, you, you find out that obviously Jed is the crank cooler He's the man behind yep. yeah. James's <laughs> penis head and uh, Y fronts. What happened to David Copperfield as a? Well, he lost. He lost the battle for wall space. <laughs> very, we know that much. <laughs> he was very
3: popular in the nineties.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Are you so? about to Google this? No. Oh, I just okay. Yeah, it yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Just, just checking doing, up on your emails. Doing else. Yep. Uh, and uh, Jed Maxwell has also been taking photos of Alan on a telephoto lens. He as has. well as
0: being the crank caller,
1: So, oh, he oh, really is Alan's biggest fan.
0: Also seemingly just writing the word Alan in uh, in Word documents and printing them off and putting them on the wall. <laughs> Wouldn't you? <laughs> Why not? Why not? He's just a fan. <laughs> your biggest your fan. Your biggest fan. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Listening to the DVD commentary on this episode, uh, Coogan and I think I think it's Coogan and Peter Bainham that did the commentary on this one. Uh, they talk about how the mental fan... Thing with Jed is actually based on something that happened to Stuart Lee. So when he was on tour back in the nineties, he stayed at a fan's house one night, and basically the room he was given to stay in was covered in Lee and Herring pictures. That is not true. That is true. That is based. Wow. That was the inspiration for the. That's amazing. Fanatic. Uh,
3: I mean, put it this way: mm. if we turned, if, if we turned up to a fan of the of Monkey Tennis's house, and there were just pictures of our faces all over the wall, what would we think? Would would be impressed. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah. No, I I'll, I'll think yeah, right, if anyone yeah. wants to get in touch, who's done that, please do. I think <laughs> please, it'd be a bit don't. of a lapse of
0: judgment for them to <laughs> pick that as the room you have to stay in. True. yeah,
3: yeah. But actually, Alan walks into it by mistake, doesn't he? Think yeah. He well, does, that's it, it's a loop. brilliant
1: it's a brilliant reveal that putting the light on and then yep. you see everything. Yep. So you already you already know that Jed's a bit obsessive and a bit mental, and
0: that's impact. Bosh. <laughs> so, uh, the mask that he uh, puts on that looks like Alan, you'll, you'll know that from, uh, one of the episodes of No know, Me Knowing You as yes, well. Where the that's the same, wearing... that is the
1: same yep. mask.
3: So has he, how's he got that then? Was he maybe in the audience of No know, Me Knowing Ooh, You and maybe.
0: stole
1: yeah. it from the set?
3: Just possibly. one of
0: those guys. He's the sort of guy who would spend all his money on a memorabilia auction. Although yeah. well. actually,
1: I think in the context of No know, Me Knowing You, those masks are on general sale. Oh, are they? I think so. Oh, ah, okay. well, yeah, he does mention you yeah. can buy them. There we go. Great. Didn't need to fact check it. I've got Adam here for that, yep. so thank I you. I just for remembered verifying. it. Do fact check. He's done a memory. Uh, something else I learned from the DVD commentary as well that the. T- I don't know if anyone remembers this because it was in the 90s, and I seem to be the only one that remembers things <laughs> in the 90s. Go Britpop! Uh, the VHS um, box sets of the series were available. Uh, as Time Blazer badge combination boxes, I do remember. That so, now, but remember it wasn't—it wasn't a real Time Blazer. It was a T-shirt.
0: You, <laughs> you were, I think uh, the the rest of us were a bit too young, but you owned the VHS, didn't you? Uh, what was that uh, like? Well,
1: I've got—I've got it right here, actually. So, I'm um, just—that's uh, a lovely VHS tape there, making wow. a noise. And what a satisfying, a way from the 90s. satisfying noises of the past. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Yeah, well, it's got the interesting. It has the original transmission dates here. You've got 24th of November '97. <laughs> do read first of December '97, eighth <laughs> of December '97, and so, um, these yeah, are.
0: Yeah, so these are on display in your lounge? So I mean, they got, really are. Ornamental. So you've still got VHS in your lounge?
1: Yeah, I mean, I know where to play them.
0: What we established here? Jed's a mentalist. Jed's a mentalist. Jed is, Jed is the or... defining <laughs> moment of this. <laughs> All Jeds. Can you remember
1: how many times did Jed faint getting his Alan tattoo? He fainted three times.
3: Oh, yeah. What do we think that of That tattoo,
0: tattoo? I think, Well, I think firstly, I think it doesn't look like a real tattoo. No. Uh, they've done on. a pretty good job, but I can imagine that sweated off a bit during filming and <laughs> had to be topped up. And also you'll remember from a previous episode that Simon Pegg auditioned for the role of Jed Maxwell but didn't get it. And I think the best man won.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: He plays it brilliantly. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, that's true. I still would have liked to see Simon Pegg do it. But...
1: And then the episode finishes with Alan escaping from Jed's by <laughs> promising to go and have that have that pint. <laughs> go and have that pint. Go, go and see, see his my brother. <laughs> and then followed by No Way You Big Spastic, you're a mentalist, which is again another classic yep. Alan line. And then he, uh, no gets, road. gets his no car, road. where's the road? <laughs> jumps over the, fence, <laughs> <out> the car, <laughs> over the fence, stumbles a bit, runs through the field. And as we were saying a moment ago about the camera work becomes quite different at this point. I think that's the only specific camera shot in the entire series where Alan is followed. So everything else is quite static camera shots. Yeah. So that does bring the kind of fly on the wall feel. Yes, yeah, so that's, again.
3: that's kind of links back to why this episode felt a little bit more in in tune with something like The Office or Kirk yeah. or something like that. It's yeah. just it's slightly different. The way that it's shot is slightly different.
1: Yeah, it's it's it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's only a small change, but it just changes the tone of that the yeah. ending of the episode quite a lot. And then, as we said, the camera crew, clearly visible in the car. Uh, and I think the... <laughs> I think in the book, he goes into more detail about what happens after. Doesn't he send Lynn to come and collect his car and collect him and something like that?
0: Oh, yeah, he does. He goes into a lot more detail. Yeah. We should have researched researched that. Well, maybe we can talk about the book another time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because his his retelling of the fight in the book is hilarious because it's incredibly detailed and largely false if i remember correctly
0: (laughs) lovely well that brings us to the end of uh, episode five season one of i'm alan partridge to kill a mocking alan um i am going to test these guys on the celebrity mastermind and mastermind rounds of alan partridge uh, in a second and we'll do cards against alanity as well
2: hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot
0: So avid Partridge fans will know that uh, Alan has come up as a special subject on several editions of Mastermind and Celebrity Mastermind. So what I'm going to do is put, uh, put uh, Tom, Tom and Nick through their paces. I'm going to ask the exact same questions that were asked on Celebrity Mastermind and then Mastermind about Alan. Whoever gets the thinks they know the answer first, ping the bell and we'll see if you do or you don't. This is very exciting. Is so so we're, we're going to
1: have to just fight each other to get that. That's fight right you. Right. Yep.
0: As most people know, Celebrity Mastermind is a bit softball sometimes, so these questions are very easy. Uh, because we
1: are experts, or because we're not... Well, I should I mean, stress, we're not experts. We're not experts, Can and
0: it way? does get very hard. These do, questions do get hard towards oh, the end, oh, nice. and they're not all about I'm Alan Partridge, they're about Alan as a whole. Okay. So uh, these are the questions posed to Mike Bushell, I'm shrugging, Celebrity Mastermind. Um, Celebrity? I know. Research in your own time. Question one. In the first series of I'm Alan Partridge, which budget hotel does Alan's that Some was Nick, Kevin. correct, one point to Yeah, Nick. okay, you're right, these are quite easy Oh, yeah.
1: Jet Keeping School, Producer Jet Keeping okay. School
0: Okay, question two What's the name of the radio station Alan finds Nick again? Uh, radio Norwich Yes, correct <laughs> I told you they're yeah. easy These uh, will get harder, right? Not for a while no. <laughs> Stay tuned Question three Alan takes Jill on a Valentine's date Yes Al Sanctuary Yes, correct <laughs> Question four Who's the famous guest in episode one of Knowing Me Knowing You who fails to turn up even though a special chat room has been prepared for them? Tom Roger Clark. Moore. Roger Moore is yes. right. Question five. Which Reading-based sales company is Alan preparing a conference for in the colour of Alan? Ooh. Tom Stab? Uh, I... Oh, he spaffed it. Anyone else? Oh, Dante Fires. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Dante Fires. Uh, next question. How does Alan take advantage of the eat as much as you like breakfast provided... A... <laughs> <laughs> <We> all... <laughs> Tom Stab? A big bloody... He's got a 12-inch plate. We'll accept that. Next question. Alan is so annoyed at a word a Times critic uses to describe knowing me, knowing you, that he... Yes, Tom Dark? Moribund. Correct. Is this moribund? Oh. Uh, in Watership Alan, what do a group of farmers, insulted earlier by Alan, throw off a bridge? Oh! That was Tom
1: <laughs> People are <laughs> going to get hurt. <laughs> dead cow. Dead
0: cow. De- dead cow is correct. Fat cow. Fat cow. Uh, which German tropical fruit drink does Alan try... Tom Dark? <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> uh, apparently, there are two correct answers. For that you can oh. say spunt or sprint. <laughs> <laughs> nice, refreshing. Can we get kind of a score sprint. update? A score update. Three, three, three. Three, three. three. Wow. three, three. Wow. How many left?
1: This is electrifying. No,
0: there's no. Loads. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Again, stay tuned. There are loads.
0: <laughs> in Basic Allen, what does he try to steal in an attempt to be spontaneous? Nick, traffic game. Correct. Okay turning the page we're com- we're coming <laughs> there towards- are only ten more pages we're coming towards the end of the celebrity mastermind aka easy questions in a room with an Alan Alan tries to get a second series of his show agreed to by the chief commissioning editor of the BBC Tom Tony Hayes correct oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> lucky bugger okay the last question of celebrity mastermind which celebrity does Alan pretend to know to impress his Ukrainian Tom Stab Bono Bono from U2 that's correct <laughs> Bono okay, okay. Bono. Scores, at- scores, at- scores at the end of celebrity mastermind four. it is is four all well now, what do we do? It's, well, it's we more. move we more. move into regular Mastermind, of course. Okay. So Andrew Burrows originally answered these questions. Hello, question, Andrew. Question one of regular Mastermind: What is the name of Alan's son, who he named after? Fernando. Fernando. Well That's done, Nick. Nick. Who was Alan's first ever guest on Knowing Me, Knowing You?
1: Ooh, that could be Radio or TV.
0: That's all the information that wow. Alan was given in the uh, question. All of a
1: sudden, these these questions have got.
0: Uh, Oh, Tom Stab says Can you accept Horsey Woman?
3: <laughs>
0: no. no I won't
1: Played by Rebecca Front the yes. correct an- I don't know The don't correct
0: know. answer was Sue Lewis
1: uh, uh, That is Horsey Woman Sue uh, Lewis Do yeah. you
0: yeah. not accept Horsey Woman? No. No. no no That's a joke of an answer <laughs> uh, What video company produced Crash Bang Wallop Water Video? Meteor Yes Meteor <laughs> Good knowledge I'm, <laughs> at, like I'm,
1: I'm, I'm speechless I'm <laughs> yeah. literally speechless I didn't know that
0: What was the title of Alan's autobiography which detailed his battles Yes Tom Bouncing dark. Back Bouncing Back is correct Alan was a guest on which religious radio show on Talk Cambridge presented by Tessa McPherson?
3: <laughs> no idea.
0: Nope. No. no, nope. The answer is prayer wave. <sighs> <sighs> Alan's former teacher, Frank Raphael, is the head of which school that Alan also attended? <laughs> oh, Did you think it was going to be a chalk penis? <laughs> no, I was going to go sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> is it, no, no, uh, um, uh, is it no. something for boys? No, it's, <laughs> it's Sir William Dunwoody. Who played the disc jockey Phil Clifton, whom Alan often shared banter? Yes, Phil Tom Cornwall. Stab, Phil Cornwall is correct. To which country club was Alan denied entry after... Tom Dark? Coristers. Coristers is correct. <laughs> Can we get a score update? A score <laughs> update so far. Uh, Nick and Tom Dark are on six. Tom Stab is on five. Ooh. How many more have we got to go? Uh, another page and a bit. <laughs> Stay don't, tuned. Don't, don't, don't turn off now. Yeah. No. In series one of I'm Alan Partridge, what was the name of the episode where Alan has a truly shambolic meeting with Tony Hayes? Yes.
1: Basic Alan? No. Oh. A room with an Alan? Yes, a room uh, with an Alan. I was just, I could see that. So yeah. I-
0: <laughs> at what course did Alan At, at what course Adam? did Alan present horse racing in the second episode of the day today? Goodwood? No, Marple. Yes. Oh, it was a guest. to be What is the name of Alan's production company where he wants... <laughs> yes, Tom Stamford. S. Correct. What, what,
1: what, what the listeners can't see, obviously, is how ferociously the bell is being hit. <laughs> yeah, this,
0: this bell is not going to survive this quiz, is it? Uh, wh- who was the guest on, knowing, on Alan's Know Me, Know You radio show who was voted Carnaby Street's Mr Boutique of 1969? I <laughs> have <laughs> no idea. Yeah, it's pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah, I'm have to the answer's no Adam Wells. Uh, which Polytechnic did Alan attend before embarking on a career in journalism? Yep, Greater Anglia? East Anglia I'm oh. afraid oh. On which Radio 4 news programme did Alan Partridge get his first Yep Today, today. No
1: Oh no On the hour On
0: the hour correct. Yes Do that Which veteran rock star was interviewed by Alan Partridge during a radio segment seg- uh, Radio segment segment of 1999's Comic Relief yep. Noel Gallagher No he did oh. interview him but it was on TV Bugger Anyone else Play along at home probably Anyone It was Brian Ferry uh, which writer of the <laughs> I'm Alan Partridge Which writer of the I'm Alan Partridge series Played competent interview Ray Willard On the documentary Anglian Lives Yep Peter Bainham Correct yeah. Very good Which old friend of Alan's Replaced Tony Hare's As the commissioning editor of the, Yep Chris Feather Chris Feather's correct He likes me In the radio show Knowing Me Knowing You uh, From which American City Did Alan co-present a show With American model Kendall Ball <laughs> Or alternatively If you don't know Name an American city <laughs> Yep. New York No it oh. was... Boston No <laughs> Los Angeles No Okay no more games <laughs> <laughs> It was Las Vegas uh, Where uh,
1: David Copperfield has a residency yep. we've been told yep. So what? thanks producer Jed for that info yep.
0: What was the title of the I'm Alan Partridge episode Where Alan planned to watch every James Bond film in order Over a bank holiday weekend This is the last question Go on A view to an Alan Nope Never say Alan again? Correct. Oh, oh, well done. Oh. Okay, that is the end of the uh, Mastermind and the scores are Tom Dark is on seven, yes. Nick is on eight, and oh. Tom Stab is on eight. Ooh, oh. Oh, tiebreaker for sure. I have not prepared a tiebreaker, so whoever hits the bell first... <laughs> <laughs> Nick is the winner. Oh, he always bloody wins. Okay, uh, I would again. like to raise that that is an unfair Shut up. Way of saying it. <laughs> would like a question Adam's rules are final <laughs> they are okay cards against Lanity coming in a second So it's time for Cards Against Alanity. Every week we take an incomplete sentence from that week's episode of I'm Alan Partridge. Uh, Everybody on the team has cards uh, with phrases from Alan Partridge on them. They have to complete the sentence as best they can. We show all the results to producer Jed and he will ping his bell for the one he likes best.
1: That's what the bell sounds like. I think everybody knows that quite well by now.
0: (laughs) So this week's sentence is You'll have to have this milk jug. I'll have the coffee jug. And there you go, Alan. Dot, dot, dot. So everyone hand their cards to Jed for the best answer you have. Can I get a recap of the Nick, sentence? Yes, the sentence is. <laughs> it's everything to play for. You'll have to have this milk jug. I'll have the coffee jug. And there you go, Alan. Dot dot So they're all in. Jed's perusing them as he speak. i hand it back. I'm going to read them all out. So the sentence is, You'll have to have this milk jug. I'll have the coffee jug. And there you go, Alan. A bottle of Bolly. You'll have to have this milk jug. I'll have the coffee jug. And there you go, Alan. An area later the correct one. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have this milk jug, I'll have the coffee jug, and there you go, Alan, a walnut gear knob. Uh yes! that's the winner. Tom Dark takes it this week, and the other one was, you'll have to have this milk jug, I'll have the coffee jug, and there you go, Alan. Tie and Blazer badge combination kit. So I'm the only one <laughs> yet <Yeah>, to score. <laughs> there's, there's one episode left. And well I mean Okay, stay <laughs> tuned to find out yeah. what happens next week. Anything can happen. Maybe we'll add ten points next week. We'll see. Yes. So that wraps it up thanks so much for listening to Monkey Tennis this week Uh, you can catch us on Twitter at The Partridge Pod you can email us thepartridgepod at gmail.com or you can get us at facebook.com slash thepartridgepod thanks again and we will catch you next week for the last episode of Series 1 goodbye bye Bye. gotta go this is a post-pop podcast produced by Jed Shepard to find out more about the records they release and the podcasts they make head to postpoprecords.com
2: Monkey tennis? Monkey tennis? L- looks like a lady, but uh, really it's a man. Monkey tennis? Not my face, I'll do the photo shoot for Vision Express! Monkey tennis? Monkey tennis? I got uh, really drunk last night. Sick everywhere. Roll on the thighs of a virgin. Monkey tennis? Oh.